Thank you, Miss Lisa. He is worthy. Amen. We can lift our hands in praise to him because there's no doubt he is worthy of our worship. Amen. Well, it's good to have you with us, Brother Clint. And uh, you come on and uh, tell us a little bit more about the work and preach for us. And folks, be gracious. We've had a lot to cover this morning and he's getting started a lot later than I told him he would. So, uh, brother, you take how much time you need and uh, thank you for being here, brother. Yeah. Well, good thing is I've never been accused of being long-winded, but I'm sure y'all's probably heard that before. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, so um, getting into this, let me talk about some opportunities that we have next year. Okay, um, the, we've been doing this about four years, and this is we're really getting into the meat of this thing. Okay, we've been on deputation. Our ministry is a little bit difficult because it's kind of different to raise support, so it's been prolonged um, a lot longer than what I thought. We're about 80% of what we would like to get. But the blessing is that we can do our ministry, we can do building projects while we're on deputation. And I've done that a bunch. I've got story after story uh, and testimony after testimony of churches that we've been able to help um, while we've been on deputation. So, um, But next year, really looks like what our ministry is supposed to look like, okay? I've got four trips scheduled for next year, hoping to get a fifth one, okay? We start in January. We're going to Africa for 10 days. Uh, we're going there. Uh, we're going to be uh, uh, laying some block. We're the first trip of four consecutive mission trips that are coming, okay? So we're the first one. We're kind of breaking ground with this project. Uh, we're laying block. We've got a lot of welding to do. Okay, uh, like I said, I'm, I'd like to get 20 people to go with me, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll go with how many ever people we have. So if that's something that you would find interest in, uh, please let me know. March, we're going to Arizona. We're going out and working with the Navajo. Uh, that that the Navajo church out there. I've been out there, I've preached for them. Their church supports us, and it's a wonderful, wonderful ministry. Um, it's really secluded. They drive 90 miles one way to get the church, the, the missionary pastor does. Um, so we're going out there and helping them. Uh, right after Mother's Day in May, uh, we're going to uh, Hoosier Hills Baptist Camp. It's a, a camp that's really close to us. They do a work week every week. Uh, that's a very, if, if finances are ever an issue, this is the trip to go on because literally it's free. You just have to go there. They feed you three meals a day. You get to stay at the camp and we, we're just going to work all week. They've got a whole slew of projects to do. Um, so that's a, that's a wonderful opportunity. And then at the end of the year in October, we're going down to Chile down in Patagonia in Southern South America. I talked to the brother and I said, hey, uh, summer's a good time to come for us. I said, let's come in July. And he said, you don't want to come here in July. He said, it's winter down here. I said, what? <laughs> I, I had to think about that for a second, but you think they're way under the equator. So uh, we're going to be going in their summer, which is October. The blessing about that ministry, it's a great ministry. They've been down there about four years. They were renting a building. They just bought their first building. So in uh, January, they're going to take occupancy, and then we're going to go in October, hopefully for a week to 10 days, and help them spruce the place up and uh, make, it, make it look real good. So um, I've got a couple other ones that are in, in the works, but nothing confirmed yet. Uh, so now you say, well, how can I get some information about these trips? Well, so on the back of our prayer card, you'll see a couple QR codes, okay? Now, for those of you that don't receive our prayer letter, there's a QR code on the back of that prayer card that you can scan 
with your, with your phone, and it'll come up, and you can sign up for our prayer letters if you would like to get those quarterly. Now, the next thing you could do, it says mission trip information. If you scan that QR code, it'll take you to a website. It'll show all the trip information. It'll show the prices. It'll show the dates. It'll show a little bit more in detail um, about these trips. And obviously, if you have any questions, you can always reach out to me. Um, so my phone number, my email are on this. this. is my personal cell phone number that's on the back of here. So if you guys have any questions in regards to those or the mission trips, please let me know, you know, pray about it and see what God would have for you to do. And maybe if not now, maybe later. I mean, we're going to be doing this for a lifetime and you can always scan that code and you can always see whether it be this year or five years from now, you'll always be able to see off of that code what trips we have upcoming. So even as a church in a couple of years, you're like, well, let's take a trip. Well, before you go seeking anybody out, Scan that code, see what we got going on. So you guys, because then you get to see our ministry firsthand. You guys support us. So, I mean, I would love for churches that support us to come with us so you can, you can see what it's like firsthand. But you guys already are experienced in mission trips, so it's not like anything new, but it would still be a blessing for you guys to be able to go with us. So if you have any questions, please let me know. Now let's open the Word of God. Luke chapter 5 is where we're going to be today. I love this, this sermon. I love this passage because what we get to see here is we get to see a topic. We're going to talk about a topic today that there's not a person, there's not a Christian in this room that doesn't need to address what we're going to talk about today, okay? Um, we're going to be talking about faith. I mean, doesn't everything boil down to faith, Right? I mean, when it comes to our, our finances, right, our tithing, we have to have faith and believe in God and, and give, right? Because sometimes, like, when I started, when I, when I became a Christian uh, and I got saved, my wife was like, we need to tithe. And I was like, we don't have money to tithe. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like everybody maybe go, goes through that in the beginning. But then you you got to have faith to do that. you got to have faith to serve, right? I don't know about you guys, but like especially when I started working with the, with the young kids at our church, that was the first ministry that I got involved in was working with the kids. I said, I'm not qualified to do this. I can't work with these kids. They don't want to hear anything that I have to say. I had to have faith that God was going to give me the strength and the ability to work with these kids. Right? You, you think about anything when it comes to, uh, to serving, when it comes to leading people to the Lord, when it comes to, um, you know, I'm not a good reader. I read, I read the King James Bible. Sometimes I got to reread the same passage over and over, and then I got to study just to be able to understand it. I got to have faith because if, if I'm going to believe something, right, I'm, I'm going to put everything I got into believing this book. And to believe this book, to believe that God created the world in six days to believe that Noah and his family were the only ones to survive the flood, to believe um, that Elijah called down uh, whatever it was, God to come down and, and lick up and, and cause all that stuff to happen up on Mount Carmel, to believe all these things are in the Bible, i got to have faith, right? Amen. I mean, if we don't have faith... We don't, have to, we don't have anything. If we, if we believe that God become man on earth as Jesus Christ 
and died on the cross at Calvary to pay for our sin debt and then rose again three days after his death and now is in heaven, we got to have faith, right? Because otherwise, there's some crazy stuff in this thing, right? I mean, can I get an amen? Because I'm going to tell you what, you got to have faith. Now, what we struggle with is we believe all that stuff, or at least we say we do, but then when it comes to living a life for the Lord, we struggle, right? We struggle, especially like, okay, so think about this. I'll tell you about, and I don't, I, I'm going to use myself as an example. So I come from West Virginia. I grew up poor, went in the military. I got a good job as a welder. I was making six figures as a welder. <clears throat> then that job went away, and I started a business, we were making even more money, you know, uh, even after we started our business. I mean, the Lord was blessing. We were doing good. And then we got called into the ministry. And the very next year after we were called into the ministry, our house went up for a foreclosure. Our car started to get repossessed. Our lights were getting shut off. I had to have faith in my calling. Right? Because if not, what in the world am I doing? Right? Why, why am I making my family go through all this if this is just some kind of made-up baloney? And if I didn't have faith in my calling, there's no way that I would have been able to make it through. But I had faith that uh, in God's promises that he said he would take care of me and he would provide and he would meet my needs and all that. And I look at us. We're okay. I've, obviously, I don't miss many meals, right? So I got a truck out there. I mean, it ain't brand new, but it's paid for. We got a, a great house. You know what I mean? Like God takes care of us, but it all starts with faith. So we're going to look at this passage here while we got time. Um, Luke chapter 5, uh, verse 1, okay? Uh, and it says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed unto him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Now, I'm going to stop, and let's, let's get these he's out of the way. So this is, we're talking about Jesus, all right? This is the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. He doesn't have any disciples. Um, he actually, if you read in verse 4, he just got, or uh, chapter 4, he just got uh, done healing some people, and he just got done uh, casting some demons out of some people. And the reason that, you know, we find in the Bible that Jesus does that a lot, right? He heals people and he casts demons out. Well, did you know that Elijah, or uh, I'm sorry, Isaiah prophesied about that a long time ago back in the Old Testament? So the reason that Jesus is doing all this stuff is because it authenticates him being the Messiah, okay? So that's why we see all this stuff. So this is all new, right? This is all new to everybody, Jesus coming around because he just started his ministry, so it says that the people pressed unto him. So there's a big group of people wanting to hear what Jesus has to say. All right? Because, I mean, they just saw that he just healed these people, cast some demons out. So they're like, man, alive, I'm going to listen to this feller. Right? So, and they go by, down by the lake of Gennesaret, which it's the Sea of Galilee. Okay? So we can get an idea of what we are. Verse 2, it says, he sh and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon, and prayed that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. So Jesus came down to the Sea of Galilee, Lake of Gennesaret, and there's a big group of people that's following behind him, and uh, he sees some ships, and he's like, 
hey, can I use your ship for a second? I've got to preach to these people. And I'm thinking it's just for amplification purposes. He casts out a little bit uh, off of the water and, and preaches to these people that are kind of on the, on the beach per se. All right. So then he gets done preaching. And now let's look and see what happens next. And it says in verse 4, And now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon Peter answering and said unto him, Master, we have told all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned to their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draft of fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, and the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to open your word and teach it and preach it, Lord. And God, I do pray that you would be uh, with your people here, your church. God, that you would prepare their hearts for what you would have for them this morning. Uh, God, I pray that you help people. Lord, I pray that if there's anybody in here this morning that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that you'd weigh heavy on their hearts, Lord. And I just pray, God, that you'd be with me, that you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit, guide my words and my thoughts, and help me to be clear and understandable. And Lord, I just thank you and love you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we find here, and I've heard this message, this passage preached a bunch of different ways. I'm going to give you my way, okay? Um, if it's anything different than what your pastor says, then I'm wrong, okay? <laughs> so, but uh, let's get into this. So the first thing that we see uh, about faith is there, with, with faith, there's always a command, right? To be able to believe something, okay, we're told to do something, and then oftentimes we have to have, like the Bible says, uh, call upon the name of the Lord, and thou shalt be saved. We're commanded to call upon the name of the Lord to get saved. Same thing with our, well, like I said, with, with our tithing and with our service. You can go through and see all these different commands uh, that we're given, and it takes faith to be obedient. Well, look at here. Jesus tells Simon Peter to launch out. That's his command. You say, what's the big deal about that? Well, there, it is a big deal. Because for one, what Jesus is telling Simon Peter to do is completely 180 degrees contrary to how this, these guys fish, right? Because uh, you'll, you'll notice here, let me flip back, and it says that, um, let's see, in verse 2, the fishermen were gone out of them and they were washing their nets. They just got back. And then we see here uh, in verse 5, Simon Peter says, we told all the night, right? So these guys fish at night. Well, that's one thing that is different. Now think about this. The way, now you can research it and you can, you can study it all you want, okay? I found a couple of different ways that they used to fish. And what I found to be uh, the most understandable for me is they would fish in shallow water. And they would go along the outside and they would hold their um, light over the fishing boat. 
And then when the fish would come up, they would, they would cast their nets and they would scoop them up, right? So with that in mind, they fish at night, they fish in shallow water. Jesus clearly says, launch out into the what? The deep. Huh. And it's during the day, right? So what Christ is telling Simon Peter to do is completely opposite of how these guys fish. So uh, we find the command. Now look at what Simon Peter says here. Verse 5, And Simon Peter answering and said unto him, Master, we've told all the night and have taken nothing. You know what he's trying to do? He's saying, but we were just out there. We didn't catch anything. So we're dealing with his confusion or possibly his trying to, he's trying to comprehend what's going on here. Now, my friend, how often do we as Christians, when God tells us to do something, when God gives us a command, if it's not clear in our mind how it can work out, if we can't understand it, what do we try to do? We try to make sense of it. We try to comprehend it, right? Oftentimes, if we can't, we don't do it. Like, giving's a big thing for me, okay? I love, I love to give. Um, I mean, I love to give. Like, if I've got something and somebody else needs it, I'll give it to them. I don't care because I know God's going to give it back to me. You know what I mean? Like, I just know that's how it works. <clears throat> but sometimes, when God tells us to do something, it makes us uncomfortable, especially if we've got bills to pay especially if we've got uh, a birthday coming up or something like that where we've got to spend money and the Holy Spirit says, I want you to give that. And you're like, I wasn't planning on giving that, so I'm not going to give it, <laughs> right? And that, that's what happens sometimes. Or even like with our mission trips, we find this a lot. People say, oh, brother, I'd love to come, but. Well, don't make sense. Don't try to make sense of it. If you know without a shadow of a doubt the Holy Spirit is telling you that you're supposed to go on a mission trip with us, then just commit and let the Lord work it out. You know, because he will. I mean, we've raised thousands upon thousands of dollars over the years to take these mission trips because they're not free. i got to raise about $10,000 next year to be able to go next year. Am I worried about it? No, because God's going to do it. You know what I mean? It's going to happen. But he, he's trying to make sense of it because what's happening is he's, it's, it's completely opposite of how uh, he typically fishes. Now, this is, this is what we do. Look and see here. It says... At the end of verse 5, at thy word, I will let down the net. Now, mo most of us would read that and say, oh, well, he's, he's being obedient, right? <laughs> nope. Look at here. What did Christ tell him to do? He said to let down your nets, right? Singular and plural. Plural. Let down your nets. Now, I want to tell you, that not all, the Bible, not all the Bible versions has that distinction. That's why I'm going to stick with my King James, okay? So not all the Bibles, there's some of them. I think the New King James and a couple other ones have, but some of the other ones have, have that S taken out. And that's very important because it completely changes the context of this verse, of these passages, okay? So we see that he says, I will let down the net. So what, what does that look like to me? That looks like when I tell my kids to clean their room, all right? And they go, and all they do is they kick their clothes under their bed and they don't pull their sheet down and they just throw the comforter over and they say, I'm done, Dad, I cleaned it. That's not being obedient. That's going through the motions and making yourself look like you're doing what you're supposed to, but you're not. And that's what Simon Peter's doing here. 
He doesn't believe that he's going to catch any fish. That's why he's only throwing one net out when Christ told him to throw both nets out. Like when God tells us to do something, the Holy Spirit tells us to do something, and, and we go through the motions, and it looks like we're being obedient, but deep down in our heart, we know that we're not fully obeying what the Lord has for us to do. So we see, look here, in turn over with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 real quick. My Bible is falling apart. I need to, I got more, but I, I just really like this one. I need to get a rebound or something. But we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, starting in chapter 2, down to where we're going to look at verse 9, this passage is talking about repentance, okay? Um, it's talking about getting right with the Lord and all that. And then we find this verse down here, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, and it says, For this end also did I write, that I might know the proof of you, whether ye be obedient in all things. So being that this passage is talking about re repentance, it says, If you truly mean what you say you do, if you truly are sorry for the things that you've done, then you'll be obedient to what I'm telling you to do. Right? So that's how you want to prove your love to God. You want to show him how thankful you are for your salvation. You want to show him how much you truly love him for what he's done for you. Be obedient. I'm not talking about trying to comprehend it. I'm not talking about trying to uh, sit down and, and make sense of it. I'm talking about when he tells you to do something, when the Holy Spirit convicts your heart, listen. Okay? We all struggle with that. All of us do. There's not a one of us in here that's perfect and says, I listen to the Holy Spirit exactly like he says every single time. I struggle. I'm sure pastor struggles with it. We all do because sometimes it's not clear. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will speak to us and we'll be like, Was, is that me or is that, is that the Holy Spirit? You know, I feel like, I, I mean, I battle that a lot. So, you know, what I do is I just like, I just follow that. And if it was the Holy Spirit, great. And if not, typically what I'm doing is not bad. You know what I mean? So just listen. Listen and follow. So we see him trying to comprehend. And then we see that he's only complying and not fully being obedient. Let's go back to our passage to Luke chapter 5. I want to show you what happens next. So we've set the groundwork. We see that he was given a command. We see that he's trying to comprehend it. We see that he is only complying. He's not really being fully obedient. Let's see what happens next. Verse 6, And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. This is the consequences to his not full obedience. I truly believe because he had it. He had the other net or the multiple nets. It says that he was washing his nets. They were available. God's never going to ask us to do something that we don't have the resources or the ability to do. Okay? If he tells us to do something, we have the, the means to make it happen. He had the means to make it happen. He had the way to be fully obedient and decided not to. All right? So their net broke. Did you know that they don't have a Bass Pro Shop right down the road? 
They don't have a Walmart. So for him to break his net because of the amount of fish that they took was devastating to his livelihood. You think about it, right? He had another one. But then you also think about the, the blessing that he missed out on. Because yes, it does say that they filled both ships so that they begin to sink. But how many of those fish you think got away whenever that net broke? Yes, they were blessed. And yes, God blesses us even when we're not fully obedient. Sure he does. God loves us, right? He's going to bless us. But oftentimes for us to receive the full blessing of God, it takes true and full obedience. There's always a blessing waiting on the other side of our full obedience. Okay? So, so we see the consequences. Now, let's look through. We're moving quick now. So verse 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. I don't know if you guys have ever been in this situation before, but I have. <laughs> so I'll tell you a story. Um, my family and I, we travel. Last time we were here, I think we had the RV. And sometimes it's running, and most of the time it's broke down, okay? Um, but we were out on our deputation journeys a couple years ago. We were out in Arizona uh, for a missions trip. And it, it was a great meeting. The, uh, the church took us on for support, and we got a great love offering, but we were only about 30% of our support, which meant, meant that we were really poor, okay? Like we literally were just living off our love offerings, and that was it because we didn't really have any money coming in. So we got a great love offering from the church. Our next, I don't know why the Lord worked it out this way, but our next meeting was in Vancouver, British Columbia. So... If you know anything about geography, I'm talking we're in Mexico, basically, and we had to go to Canada, all right? That RV, buddy, it only gets about seven miles a gallon, so that was a lot of money getting up there. So I did the math, okay? And I told my wife, I said, we don't have enough money to get where we're going. I didn't have, I don't, I didn't have any credit cards, and if I did, I'm sure they were maxed out. Um, I didn't have any way to get any money. We didn't have any money in the bank. So I told my wife, I said, we need to call... Um, our, our pastor and see if he'll loan us 200 bucks because like we literally, if we're going to stop and get groceries, we don't have the money to, to get up to Canada. And man, I don't know how you guys are, but me and my wife take turns being the spiritual leaders. Okay. So I don't know if you guys are like that or not, but we, we take turns. Well, this time it was her turn. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, she said, Oh honey, let's just pray about it. I said, I know, but like, what are we going to do? You know what I mean? Like, how, how are we actually going to get the money, you know? Because prayers are good, and we should pray, but how's it, like, like how are we going to get the money, right? She said, let's just pray about it. And it was one of those things where we didn't tell anybody. We just kept it in our family, prayed like our kids and my wife and me, but I was fretting about it. I mean, I really was because I was like, you go on ahead and pray. I'm going to keep checking the bank account, and let's see what happens, you know? <laughs> so we get up. We, we get up to Washington. No money has come in. And I told my wife, I said, we have got to call your mom. I said, tomorrow's the day that we got to make this trip that we don't have the money for. I said, we got to have her wire us some money or go deposit some in our account or something. I said, you don't understand. Like, we're not, we're going to be stranded. She said, let's just keep praying. Oh, I'm getting frustrated. You know what I mean? Like, my wife's trying to be spiritual. I'm trying to be worldly, and then I'm getting frustrated about it, you know? So we get up to uh, Washington, uh, we stay. We find a church, we stay the night, 
And the very next morning, I get up and I go up and talk to the pastor and I thank him and stuff. And I'm trying my best. Like, I had to be careful not to be like, Pastor, can you please help us? You know? Because, like, missionaries already have a bad reputation of being, like, moochinaries, right? So I didn't want to be that guy, you know? I don't be like, please, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to be that guy. So I just went up and I thanked him. And he was like, hey, we have a... Um, a radio program at 10 o'clock, would you like to be interviewed? And I was like, sure, that'd be great. He said, well, go down and get your kids. He said, I'll interview you guys and, and uh, emphasize your ministry. So I went down and got them, and we did this whole big radio interview. And, uh, the, I mean, this had a huge ministry there in Washington. And um, we finished the interview up, and we're leaving. Now, as we walk out this door, we're embarking on a journey that, God's going to have to give us about 50 miles to the gallon in this RV to make, okay? So that ain't going to happen. So my, my kids walk out of the studio. I walk out, or my wife walks out of the studio. I shook the pastor's hand. I said, thank you, pastor. Appreciate the opportunity for letting me stay the night and all that. And I literally get ready to walk out. And he grabs my shoulder and he turns me around and he says, Brother Clinton, he said, before you leave, he said, would you follow me down to Costco? He said, I'd like to fill your RV up with fuel for you. I said, you want a what? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I, you want to do what? <laughs> he said, yeah. He said, Lord, just impressed upon my heart that I need to fill your RV up with fuel for you. He didn't tell me he wanted to give me some money. He didn't tell me that, well, let's pray about it. God used that man to meet the needs that only me and my family. I didn't say anything to him about that. You know, so we, we left that, that studio, and I'm out in front of my family. I don't know how you guys are. I'm a crier, okay? Like, I love, like, I love God, and, like, I, I know how much grace I have in him. And I tell you what, like, I'm emotional sometimes because, I mean, God's good. I'm talking God is good, you know, right? So I'm out, I'm out in front of my family, and I'm crying. And I'm crying. And I'm, I mean, I'm crying like a baby, and my wife's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine, you know? But, but you, you think about what happened here. Jesus did something with Simon Peter that Simon Peter didn't think was possible to do. And when it happened, and when Jesus blessed him, Simon Peter, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, I am a sinful man, O Lord. Why? Because he was convicted. Just like when I came out of that studio, when God had met my need in a miraculous, miracle way, I was happy, but I was convicted because I didn't think God could do it. And then he did it. Look and see what happens next and we'll be done. He says, fear not, at the end of verse 10, fear not from henceforth, thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Sometimes it takes God doing a miracle in our life for us to realize how powerful he truly is. And how much he truly loves us. Did you know that it doesn't matter what you have going on in your life right now. Whether it's a mountaintop. Whether it's a valley. Or whether you're on the way down or on the way up. The purpose for it is so that God can be glorified. It's to build our faith. So the next time the Holy Spirit speaks to us, we'll obey. So the next time that he comes to us, we'll listen 
so God can be glorified. Because from here, this is what these guys needed. They needed to see this. They needed to see a miracle happen to be able to be like, you know what? I'm all in now. You done showed me who you are, and now I'm all in. And you know, that very moment when, when that pastor did that for me, understand that I, I was saved. I was called into the ministry. I, I mean, I believed in God, and like I've seen God do miracles in my life, but that very moment changed my life because I didn't think God could do it, and he did. And that's what God is waiting on you to just let go let God have his way. Follow him. That way, at the end of whatever you're going through, God can be glorified. Amen. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Listen, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want us to think about this passage of Scripture. I want us to think about what we've heard today not from what I've said, but from what God has revealed to us. That we find a man that didn't believe that Jesus could do what he said for him to do. There's many of us in here that are dealing with things in our lives this morning. And I want you to think of the day you got saved about when the Holy Spirit came into you and the faith that you had that day. And I want you to have that same faith and given the Lord your situation, whether it be your finances, whether it be a, a marital problem, whether it be a relationship problem, whether it be a, a stronghold that you're dealing with, let God have it. Let him have it. Take that and place it at the foot of the cross and let him have it. Grow today. Let's come to the Lord today and say, Lord, whatever it is, I'm, I'm going to give it to you. Let's draw closer to the Lord from what we've heard today. Lord, I thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to be here, Lord. And I know that you spoke to my heart and I pray, Lord, that you're working in, in hearts here this morning. And God, I just pray, Lord, that for this invitation, Lord, that you would um, help people to make some commitments and draw closer to you. And Lord, we just thank you so much and we love you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. feet. Let's have you play on the piano. Tell you what, sometimes we have a hard time trusting the Lord. You know what? We, we know what the Bible says he can do. We've, we've hear stories like Brother Tackett's of the Lord coming through, but when it comes to us, we hesitate to let down the nets. You know, I was thinking, brother, as you was preaching there, they had a lot of fish, but they could have had twice as many. And you know what? Sometimes when we do trust God, we trust him tentatively, you know, while still hanging on to what we know. And boy, I'm telling you what, sometimes we just need to put our faith in him. We'll let Miss Debbie play through verse once. If the Lord spoke to your heart, you come.
Take your hymn books, turn to page number 415. We'll sing together, trust and obey. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Maybe it's the West Virginia connection, but boy, I'm telling you what, I connected with that message. Amen. Appreciate that. Appreciate Brother Tackett. Appreciate the ministry that God has called him to. And if, if there's anyone here that's interested in being a part of these trips, definitely talk to Brother Tackett. Talk to myself. Uh, we'd love to get together and help Brother Tackett on some of these trips and go and uh, do the work so that the man of God can do the work God has called him to do. Brother, appreciate you being here this morning. If you want to give something towards Brother Tackett and the ministry, there is an offering basket there next to his table. Uh, just put it there in that offering basket, and then uh, we'll make sure that he gets that and is a blessing to him and his ministry. Brother Ted, would you pray and dismiss us? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for Brother Tackett. Many of us here in this building, we went to work with him every day. We put on our welding shields, we picked up our hammers, our wrenches, and we worked with him every day. But Father, we lack that faith. Help us, Father. Help us to grow in faith. Help us to grow stronger, knowing that you are beside us. Be with us as we leave here today. Help us to meditate on his words and to grow in them. We thank you for it and we pray that you will bless him. And Father, be with us that we return and come again the next appointed time. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.